Happy Saturday, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Something that's occurred midweek, and Rules for Retrogrades did not cover it because of other stories that were underway, is the reinstatement of a hookup scandal priest named Monsignor Burrill. On Grinder. this priest was, and he was disgraced, and he was taken out of active ministry. He's been reinstated. And get this, parish orphans and retrogrades, you can't write this stuff. He's been reinstated to the diocese, La Crosse, Wisconsin, that heroic priest, Father James Altman, remains suspended. Wherein Father James Altman remains suspended. You can't write this stuff. It's now mid-year, 2022, the year of our Lord. And AD doesn't quite apply. None of this stuff is godly. None of it is lordly, and yet it is commonplace. You know, down is mistaken for up, the dark is mistaken for light, bitter for salt, and there is ostensibly no salt and light, light left in the world. The good are punished and the guilty are rewarded. What is going on in AD 2022? Well, at the very least, CNA reports uh, late yesterday that after hookup scandal and extended leave, Monsignor Burrell resumes ministry. I'm going to read to you a couple clips from CNA, who, who does a pretty good job reporting this in the appropriate tone, one of shame, opprobrium, scandal, that, that such a, uh, an evil man has been reinstated. And he was actually a high-ranking USCCB employee, I'm going to also read to you from America Magazine, where they're covering for him. If you don't laugh, you cry. Here's how the CNA article begins. Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell has returned to active ministry as priest in his home diocese after he resigned last year from his post with the U.S. bishops ahead of reports alleging inappropriate behavior, including his use of an LGBTQ dating and hookup app, which is Grindr. Many of you the normal ones, don't know. Bishop William Callahan of La Crosse, Wisconsin, announced just June 14th, midweek, that he appointed Burrell to serve as the parochial administrator of St. Teresa of Kolkata Parish in West Salem. In a statement to parishioners, Callahan addressed Burrell's new position following an extended leave. Now, the main story behind all of this is that letter written by Bishop Callahan to his faithful, to the diocese's faithful, there in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It is, according to my opinion, quite evasive. I'll see what you think. I'll read you the full letter in a second. He emphasizes that there is no illegality in Burrell's action. He doesn't quite come forth with what comprised the justification for the leave of Monsignor Burrell, and as has happened in home dioceses of mine, when a disgraced priest is being reinstated, he has the characteristic tone of sanctimony, expectancy. We will welcome this good priest back into our flock. He doesn't have it quite as much as, uh, as was the case in one of my home parishes once, where a priest actually gave the homily and spoke that way. But it's there. It's present. The sanctimonious tone, we will welcome this one of our own. Evidently, homosexualist priests 
they're coming home like the prodigal son, except we, we have no guarantees that they've forsworn their ways. We, what are we to know? Now, look at the comparative treatment, of course, of heroic, goodly, as far as we know, all goodly and non-homosexualist priest Father James Altman just for being a traditional lover of Jesus and Mary, a traditionalist lover of the rights and customs of the real, true, bimillennial Catholic Church. During, I mean, here's this, an excerpt. I'm going to read you the whole thing. Uh, this appears in the CNA article. During his leave from active ministry, Monsignor Burrell engaged in a sincere and prayerful effort to strengthen his priestly vows and has favorably responded to every request made by me and by the diocese, Callan had said. Notice, what, what, why is he prayerfully making an effort to strengthen his vows? And what is the insinuation of an, an apology, or at least contrition, on behalf of Monsignor Burrell? What for? It's very, very difficult in this letter by the bishop to even identify, especially to a novice ordo mass, you know, who are only half listening to the address of the letter, assuming it's being read out loud. Anyway, he's just sneaking this in. There are some clues, but he's barely even addressing why he was gone. CNA notes he, the bishop, expresses Full support for Burrell. Let me state unequivocally that the Diocese of La Crosse has received no allegations of illegal misconduct of any kind by Monsignor Burrell, he added, and that I have every confidence in returning Monsignor Burrell to active ministry and in his ability to accompany the people of God of this great parish as together you journey toward a deeper, more meaningful relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Now, he's talking about the secular criminal code assuming that Wisconsin is a, uh, is a codified common law state. I believe it is. He says, he states unequivocally that the Diocese of La Crosse has received no allegations of criminal or civil law illegality. Ostensibly, as far as I can best tell, getting on grinder strongly insinuates homosexual activity, which has been, sodomy has been, legalized forcibly by the tyrannical 14th Amendment and its jurisprudence in this corrupted republic. So, yes, it's not civilly or criminally liable. One will not be held civilly or criminally liable for it. That doesn't mean it's legal in the sense of being licit according to canon law, the canon law of the church which binds a priest. So, yes and no. But look at that tone. Let me state unequivocally, as, Mon uh, as Father James Altman withers on the vine, one of the few, the goodly, the faithful lovers of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and the sacraments in the church, and the census fidelium, as he withers on the vine, and he is still out, for, as far as I know, of his priestly faculties in the diocese, this, by all appearances, Homo priest, Monsignor Burrell, is being defended tooth and nail by evidently one of his, one of his defenders, ardent smackbackers, Bishop William Callahan. It's unbelievable. He concludes this way. I thank you for your patience, your prayers, and your welcoming support of Monsignor Burrell. Well, don't, don't assume too much. <laughs> Why assume 
that the faithful will give welcome or support to the reinstatement of Monsignor Burrell. Uh, I'll read that letter in a second, but just for giggles, let's have a look at what America Magazine said on the same day they, were, they reported this. In some ways, in one way anyway, America Magazine was more honest than CNA, the, the much further to the right outfit. Why? The only thing they were more honest about was the fact that it was the Grinder app. In other words, they're being honest strategically, selectively, as a signpost. You know, this is a bellwether. This is a banner to fly. They actually named the Grinder app in the title of the America Mag June 16th article. High-ranking priest put on leave for allegedly using dating app Grinder, a homo hookup site, reassigned to Wisconsin Parish. Now listen to the utterly conflicting, uh, it's like a study of contrast. Listen to the juxtaposing tone of the first three or four paragraphs in this America Magazine article. It's, it's good comedy. A former high-ranking official at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops who resigned following allegations that he logged onto a dating app has a new assignment. So that's all he's accused of is logging onto a dating app. He's not accused... This is not the criminal law or the civil law, where if in the codification of in the criminal statute, the logging on is actually the crime, that's how a secular journalist would write about the infraction. Well, he was accused of, what's he actually accused of? Logging on. So you'll get journalists that with the criminal law or even the civil law are very accurate and they'll talk in a different kind of talk from you and I. They won't say, hey, he was accused of being on Grindr, whatever, assuming Grindr were a crime, but it's not. So why is this journalist, Michael J. O'Laughlin, talking as if it's a crime? Even Goodly CNA reminds us this is not a, a, an actual crime, in, in, by recalling the language of the bishop. So why are you saying that there were allegations he logged onto a dating app? And this is what he got punished for. He didn't get punished for that. Because if I was trying to log on, if, you know, I got automatically logged on to Grindr app, or even if I tried to log on to Grindr app and I had some availing affirmative defense, like, oh, there was a bug on my computer where I was logging on to this under the auspices of getting onto my email account, well, then I wouldn't have gotten in trouble. That proves, though they won't admit it over at America Magazine, that this is more like a crime. Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell, second paragraph, will serve as administrator of St. Teresa of Kolkata Parish in West Salem, Wisconsin. Bishop William Callahan announced in a statement. I'm going to read you the entirety of the thing in a second. And here's what they choose to highlight from uh, Bishop Callahan's statement. Monsignor Burrell has recently come off an extended leave from active ministry. For what? Hmm. The statement reads, during his leave from active ministry, still don't know what he was on leave from active ministry for, Monsignor Brill engaged in a sincere and prayerful effort, this is the same thing from CNA, to strengthen his priestly vows and has, has favorably responded to every request made by me and by the diocese. Well, you still haven't told us why he was on leave. Is this what CNA and now American Magazine are choosing to report? I'll let you be the judge by reading you the whole letter. And 
This is the funny part. These websites give you a suggested tweet. Then all you have to do is say, click a little button that says tweet this, a little hyperlink. This is a, quote, a former high-ranking official at the U.S. CCB who resigned following allegations that he logged onto a dating app has a new assignment, a dating app. Like this is Thornbirds, right? Like this is Thornbirds, and this guy made a mistake and fell in love with a woman. It's a vice. It's a sin. It's a mortal sin for a priest who's taken vows. But it is natural vice. If you've never seen Thornbirds, the like eight-part miniseries about a priest that falls in love with a woman. I think it's a married woman. It's a big deal, but it is not a fraction of the big deal that it is for a priest to engage the scandal of one of the sins that cry out to heaven for punishment, homosexuality. And me and you and everyone that's listening, even if we're trads, even if we like the Latin Mass, even if we're far right-wingers, all of us are still callous. We've still formed a kind of diplomatic immunity, subconsciously in our minds, but really, around the idea, the notion, the heinous, stinking, diabolical Luciferian notion of homosexuality in the priesthood, or homosexuality writ large. Here, now, this is the key paragraph, good for a laugh, if you don't laugh, you cry. Last July, Monsignor Brill resigned unexpectedly, unexpectedly, from his position as General Secretary of the USCCB because of pending media reports about inappropriate behavior, quote, unquote. He was elected to the position in November 2020. Now, we, don't, we still haven't had substantiated, specified what those inappropriate behaviors are, mind you. Shortly after, the Catholic website The Pillar published a story that claimed to have data showing Monsignor Burrell had logged on to Grindr, a dating app used by gay men. Men's. During periods of several months in 18, 19, and 2020, from his home and office in Washington, D.C., as well as from a family lake house in Wisconsin and other cities, including Las Vegas. So let me get this straight. This guy is trotting around the nation over the course of at least three years from essentially the west to the east, Las Vegas, Wisconsin, home city, office in Wisconsin, vacation home in Wisconsin. And he is like an addict, as like, as or like an analogy, a simile, like an addict logging on furiously to this gay sex site is essentially what Grindr is. It's a hookup site. It's not dating. They're trying to make it sound like courtship. Courtship means you're, you're, you're trying to get married to somebody and, and so that you can have kids. Calling it to date or to court. No, this is a hookup site. It's not that you don't date. Gay men don't date each other. Right? They're not trying to get married and start a family. There's no such thing. You can't date your couch, you can't date your dog, and one man can't date another man. They can, physically, anatomically, biologically, ugh. They can hook up. And Grindr is for that. And it is for hooking, I'm just saying what Grindr is for. 
I don't know precisely how Burrell used it. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder what he used it for. He's logging on furiously like an addict, like some fiend who's addicted to pornography. He's logging on everywhere he goes, ostensibly. Ostensibly. Got to be careful the way you talk about this stuff because he's got mafiosi. He's got a tailwind, no pun intended, at his back. No pun intended, right? He's got all kinds of uh, backers on his six. You get the point. He's got a lot of powerful friends watching his behind very closely. <laughs> Unduly closely, perhaps. Uh, now we're just having a good time. Bishop Callahan said in his statement that he has every confidence in returning Monsignor Burrell to the ministry and noted that the priest has not been accused of breaking any laws, which is true. CNA covered that too. More probably to cover their butts. But um, this is very interesting. And I'm not saying that I have any knowledge, because I don't, of any kind of motivation for the Episcopal reinstatement on on the behalf of of, uh, Bishop William Callahan. Aside from the fact that it is ubiquitous, we don't know that all these bishops are homosexuals, we know that many of them are homosexualists. What's the difference between a homosexual and a homosexualist? In many of their cases, I would be willing to wager, which is not to say I'm 100% sure, there, there's not a difference. But in some of their cases, it is a distinction with a difference. Some of these might be men who are not sexually attracted to uh, other men. Let's say that. In some cases, they're just promoters. I don't know what what Bishop Callahan is, but he doesn't like James Altman, a good old boy, a traditional faithful priest that loves Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And he does demand that the faithful in this parish in La Crosse re-accept with open arms this grinder priest. Okay, so let's have a look. Let's have a quick look at the letter. So, so now we're not just looking at the excerpts by this or that news site, okay? This was written on June the 11th, 2022. What's, what's the date? Okay, now I know. So within a week. Dear Brothers in Christ, I write today to share with you that I've appointed Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell Administrator of St. Teresa of Calcutta Parish in West Salem. I made the following announcement at the start of Mass earlier today at the parish. This will be shared with parishioners attending tomorrow's Masses, and I share it with you now and ask for your prayers of support for Monsignor Burrell and the parishioners of St. Teresa of Calcutta. It is my pleasure to be with you here in this great parish of St. Teresa. Of Kolkata. I am here with Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell, who today begins his service as administrator of the parish. Monsignor Burrell has served as a priest of his home diocese of La Crosse since 1998. He returns to us after having most recently served the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops in Washington, D.C. Have you ever heard of Bearing the Lead? Because this is bearing lead. I am one, two, three, four paragraphs in, and this bishop of the Roman Catholic Church has not yet even addressed 
that he was put on leave for a grave, presumptively homosexualist violation of his vows. Over the course of several years, not even a single slip-up, I don't think such a thing exists. Sorry. He hasn't even whispered. He hasn't even whispered. And here, here we go to paragraph five. He returns to us after having... Uh, uh, sorry, that's four. Most recently served the U.S. CCB in Washington, D.C. Monsignor Burrell has recently come off an extended leave. Okay, we must be getting to the admission. Sorry. You guys are stuck with some filthy scumbag who's trying to do penance, and maybe in 20 years he'll no longer be a filthy scumbag, in, in my view. That, that's how I would put it if I were bishop, right? Sorry. Well, obviously, I just wouldn't reinstate him. If I, if I had half a sane mind and I was like, look, this guy's scummy. He should be, you know, pray for 20 years, 30 years, come off of it. And maybe he's no longer, a, you know, a, a grave violator betrayer of his promise to Christ in the most offensive terms possible, homosexualism. You know, I, I, you know it would be contradiction in terms, logical antinomy. It wouldn't happen. If you're going to call him, hey, this guy's scummy, if you think homosexuality is a vile, filthy, unnatural, Luciferian kind of sin, which it is, then you just wouldn't reinstate him. But that's what I would say. Look at this guy. This guy, Twinkle, twinkle Toes Burrell over here. He's back on active ministry. And yes, I know I have some glitter on my face. You, you scallywags in the chat, I know. And that, that is a theme item. That is a, a, an aspect of flair for Monsignor Burrell, in case he's watching the show. No, it's because my little girls were playing with glitter. And they got some on me. I don't play with glitter on my off time. Now, you can ask Monsignor Burrell if he does. You're going to get a more interesting answer. I don't know what it would be. but All right. So he's recently come off an extended leave from active ministry. Hmm. Well, I already read this twice. During his leave from active ministry, it's like he was like crafting license plates or mailboxes or something. You know, he was, he's being constructive with his time at the men's correctional facility. That, he didn't really go to one. Monsignor Burrell engaged in a sincere and prayerful effort to strengthen his priestly vows. That's not an admission that he violated his priestly vows as only a sodomite can. The most vile, the most loathsome violation of celibacy a Roman Catholic priest could make is not to become Thornbird's priest and have an affair with a woman, but to be hooking up with multiple other users of grinder. At least, uh, at least he's he's hooking up with them on the the web. I'm sure that's all it is. He's just he's getting on there to chat about uh, SSA issues and celibacy through SSA. I, I'm sure he has responded favorably to every request made by me in the diocese. What does that mean? You still haven't said what he did. Let me state unequivocally, you've heard this uh, quoted in the two articles I read, that the Diocese of La Crosse has received no allegations of illegal misconduct of any kind by Monsignor Burrell, and that I have every confidence in returning Monsignor Burrell to active ministry and in his ability to accompany the people of God, they love that, of this great parish 
as together you journey toward a deeper, more meaningful relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, maybe, look, I'm not trying to diss you if you're from St. Teresa of Kolkata in La Crosse, Wisconsin, but what, what makes a parish great? You guys, what, what can make you great is by really, the, the only way that man shares in divinity is by worshiping the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, by worshiping the Trinity. Our, in, in Platonic terms, we merely participate in the divinity of God, and, and thereby, ontologically, we assume some of the divinity of God if we, if we play our cards right here on earth. But I mean, what makes a parish great? They have good bake-offs, frequent potlucks. They really love their parish picnics twice a year. They're extra polite to each other, getting out of the parking lot. Now, see, I'm reasoning like one of these grinder priest reinstating bishops. That's what makes that's that's what Christianity is all about, right? It's not preaching the gospel. If necessary, use words. It's not about that at all. It's about being polite. It's about being accepting and tolerant and being a, a card-carrying leftist. Give me a break. I thank you for your patience, your prayers, and your welcoming support of Monsignor Brill and for allowing me to be present with you. The Dasein, right? Being there. As together we prepare to celebrate the sacrifice of Holy Mass. Please know of my prayers for you as well as my deep gratitude for your priestly ministry on behalf of our local church and the people of God we are blessed to serve. It is all blather. He did not say once in the hearts of Jesus and uh, Mary and Jesus, I am William Callahan. I think he meant Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. I, guys, I, here's, here's one side issue. Please, please proofread. Even short emails. I proofread my text before I send them off, but he meant in the hearts of Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. He wrote Jesus and Mary and Jesus. Look, standing in front of a mic three hours a week, sitting in front of a mic, I just did it there. There are going to be misspeaks. There are going to be gaffes. There are going to be verbal, audible typos, if you will. That You can't take that back. Like Brian Regan says, you can't re-eat those words after they escape your mouth. You just try to tighten up. But when you're on text, whether you're sending an email, you're writing an epistle, right, from a, from a holiday inn, you're writing a postcard to your dearest Gwendolyn, you can proofread. And you have the duty, the charge of proofreading. I, so this, this priest, at the very least, he was extra meticulous not to, not to breathe a word about sodomy or what grinder really is what grinder really is as i understand it is a hookup site that is i think location specific for wild uh, out of control homosexuals who need to hook up multiple times per, you pick a, your, your, your term of, of hours, days, or weeks. Uh, like Will Chamberlain, right? Except he was, he was heterosexual. He has this famous number. He would have to hook up, hook up with a woman. I hate that I'm using this term. Uh, like 
three times a day or something in order to substantiate the numbers of women that he alleges he slept with over his life, right? It's a bad mortal sin. It's natural vice. No one's denying it. And that's also, I mean, that's like being a walking Petri dish. It's disgusting. But that's still not in the same genus as what this is. The, what the Grinder app represents is out of control sexual deviancy motivated by the agency of Lucifer. We're reading Windswept House right now on the Quite Frankly channel. We're almost done with it. And the book is very, very specific to show that the enemies of the church from within cultivated a culture of Luciferian, homosexual, pederasty, and devil worship, and that homosexual priests are the network fostering the Antichrist within the body of Christ. The Antichrist within the body of Christ. Okay? This is not the same thing as natural vice where a priest one time slips up and breaks his vow with a woman and for the rest of his life repents, right? I, I believe that happens. I personally don't believe in the one-time slip-up on Grinder. And when we looked at the dates substantiating Monsignor Burrell's activity on Grinder, it was not a one-time slip-up. Logging on, as they say. What do you do? Father James Altman, great priest. He's been on this show. He's a retrograde. He is punished. The hero is held out as a, as a villain, as the, the villains are held up as, at the very worst, heroic reformers. No, or, but, or you just read Bishop Callahan's letter. It doesn't even address it. Uh, speaking of Windswept House, beginning next week, beginning on June the 21st, we are starting Windswept House. Uh, sorry, not Windswept House, but the other book written within a year and published within a year of Windswept House, the only Catholic novel that I think is greater, like church novel, actually, the greatest church novel ever written, at least in the 20th century. I don't count Lord of the Rings in the same genre. Father Elijah, amazing. It's like private, accurate, real revelation, if you ask me. That's an opinion. It's like prophecy. Unbelievable. And it's just a page-turner. It's more exciting than most good movies. I'm sorry, but books, they're good in a different way for movies. They're not usually as exciting as movies. This book is unreal. I've read it two or three times, I think three times. I know O'Brien, the author, a little bit, and it is just a piece of art. And it is the most exciting book I've ever read. I was talking about when I first read Jurassic Park. Before I saw the movie, and I was like, that's, that's an exciting novel. The book is better than, than the movie, even though that's not always true. Dumb people say that to try to sound smart. Sometimes the movie's better than the book. You ever seen Count of Monte Cristo? Better than the book. But in this case, Jurassic Park is an exciting, exciting book. Father Elijah hits all of the Catholic notes along with telling us what to expect back in 1997 about the church in the 21st century, foreshadowing the Francis Pontificate the cadres of, of wicked Luciferians in the Curia that we now know is a reality. Vigano calls it the deep church. Well, it's got all that. It's got action and it's accurate and it's accurate presciently. 
from beforehand, making it prophecy, I think. And it's the most exciting book I've ever read. More exciting than Jurassic Park. We're starting that for patrons only. So join today. Go to Timothy J. Gordon's Patreon page and sign up all levels of Patreon. I think the lowest level is five bucks a month. Are, are free to join and to, to join in our reading club, our book club. It's so much fun. I'm really glad, quite frankly, included me on the Windswept House thing. It's been so much great fun. A lot of you are doing that. Well, this is here on our channel. It's for patrons only. You don't have to be any minimum level, just a patron. And we're going to get together once a week. We're, we're meeting for the first time on June the 21st because summer to me, symbolically and logistically, is a time for fiction. I can't read it the rest of the year. I'm reading Aquinas because I'm a doctoral student. And it's hard. You, once you, your eyes are tired of scanning papers on Aquinas and Aquinas himself and medieval commentators, you don't have the time for fiction. Well, I have a break. I have a reprieve. I can read out by the pool. And it's beautiful reading, been reading Windswept House for the first time. Well, it's going to be the fourth time I go through Father Elijah. And it's going to be great fun. And we're going to get together once a week. So we're meeting the first day of summer, June the 21st. June the 21st. And <clears throat> Fridays thereafter. Well, we'll skip that next Friday because we're finishing Windswept. But we'll typically jump. For, I think that's a Tuesday that we're, I'm meeting with you, Father Elijah, book club. For the first time, and then the following week, it'll be Friday, and after that, we'll, we'll go Fridays as long as this thing takes us. I don't want to fly through it. I want to savor it. I want to go, you know, 50, 50 to 70 pages per, per reading. It's better that way. So it'll take us most of the summer. It's going to be good. Become a patron today. It's also the best, most direct way to support this channel. Thank you, all of you, who sent us love and respect and well wishes and congratulations for the birth of Penelope. Thank you for all of the gift cards and all the little trinkets, little tokens of your love. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are the best and the most generous audience out there. Thank you also to those of you who have supported the GoFundMe account of my godson, Theo Curvers. Uh, Theo Curvers, who, who is five years old, my godson, who we found out two weeks ago had has leukemia and um, if you would support the GoFundMe of Theo Curvers uh, anyone out there who had, you know they, they didn't they haven't reached their goal but everyone's been super supportive I think a lot of the support's coming from you guys uh, if you have it in you you have some extra money or, or if you're a big donor and you're looking for some place to semi-tithe this is a good place right they haven't reached their, their goal yet, my, my cousin and his wife, and they're, they're stressed out. And they're... I got a text from him yesterday, and he said, wow, you know, for you and Steph to be going through, not, not cancer, not leukemia, but living in, in children's hospitals, in Abby's first year in a foreign country, Steph doesn't speak Italian, brain, multiple brain surgeries, then you come back to the U.S., law school and more brain surgeries and more children's hospitals. He was like, wow, I, I just, I had no idea. Parents of sick kids are, I don't want to do the, the, the celebration of all victims or anything, but they're, they're, we feel like there are people. And now it's my cousin who's like a brother, Steve Curver. So anyone out there that does, is looking, going into the second half of the year to tithe or semi-tithe, whatever you call it, 
Theo Curvers is his son on GoFundMe. Most of my past shows over the last uh, two and a half weeks have linked to it. I don't think the last couple have, if you're looking for the actual link. I'll put it in the show notes. We really appreciate it because they really need it. I don't know for what, for, for, for alleviating stress of all kind, living expenses. We really appreciate you. Okay, so become a member of the book club, and if you can, support the GoFundMe of Theo Curvers. It's going to be a, a, a summer to remember as we await more wackiness within the church, always, and as we await the release of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. And then at the end of the summer, my next book, co-authored with Dr. Michael Robillard, Don't Go to College, comes out. Dr. Robillard did an interview with Tucker Carlson. That's, that's some happy news, and we're waiting for that to be released. We thought it was going to be this past week. I was waiting to release it. I can't anymore. So you will see both the daytime show and I think a little snippet on the night, nighttime show, not behind the paywall, Dr. Michael Robillard's interview with Tucker Carlson. Big deal. Don't go to college. It's going to be taking the nation by storm. First real attack in the counter-strike. Don't send your kids to the belly of the beast where they turn against you like drones. The concurrent kind of also first um, step in the counter-attack, the counter-revolution, is getting to red states from blue states. Get the hell out of your blue states. Get to red states for your family, for the short term, for the medium term, for the long term. The goal kind of changes. But in the short term, at the very least, it's best for your family. Go to realestateforlife.org today and get out of your blue states. You know I mean this. I went from the bluest of the blue to the reddest of the red. Realestateforlife.org will be a pro-life, probably Catholic person that will help you. God bless you guys. The church will get better. Maybe not in our lives, but it'll get better. Deus Volt. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb.